Mega Metroid Podcast. My name is Andy Spateri, joined by Dakota Lasky. Dak, how you doing there up in uh, snowy New York? Uh, yeah, I was about to say, we've been, we got hit with a ton of snow the past day or so, and it's, at least living here in, in New York City, it's the most snow I think we've gotten in a long time. A lot of snow, so uh, it doesn't really affect my work because I'm still working at home. As I approach the the eleven month mark of working remotely, so yeah, um, I'm so jealous. yeah, yeah, right. It's absolutely crazy, and um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I'm going to, I guess, hopefully, uh, enjoy some less snow soon. I would assume, because I think this storm is over soon. But they're also saying it might continue to storm, or you know, storm and snow tomorrow. So who knows? But yeah. Uh, a lot of snow today, which is cool. Um, I like snow, and I don't have to shovel or snowblow or anything at my apartment or drive So, because I live in the city, so I don't have to worry about that. So I just got to enjoy the snow. I went out and, and like, took some pictures and whatnot today um, and enjoyed that. Like, went outside a little bit and then, you know, hung outside, did a little work, played some games, and and made the most of the snow day. How, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. And you know what? It's beautiful. It was sunny and clear-skied and relatively warm mm-hmm. up here in Calgary, Canada. So take that. Not mm-hmm. very often that uh, that I have nice weather, and uh, and you don't. Yeah. But yeah, I'm doing uh, I'm doing great. I've been playing some uh, some a lot of different video games for a lot of my podcasts, and I am about to fire up on the weekend mm-hmm. the one the only the legendary metroid other m oh. uh, that's coming up for our one year anniversary which is right around the corner so i'm getting i'm getting fired up ready to play that but uh not too long ago you and i played metroid prime 2 echoes and that is what we are here to talk about today we've got a new sub-series called definitive ranking we are going to explain to you guys what that is but before we get there uh, two quick things that we should touch on. First and foremost, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a nifty little tidbit here, but looks like uh, Nintendo has revamped its multiplayer server. So, hey, that's kind of cool. Multiplayer has never been really the, uh, you know, the the strength, if you will, of Nintendo. So anything to uh, to fortify that backbone is is a okay in my books. Yeah. So obviously, this is like. Not really something that pertains to Metroid very much. Maybe it will for Metroid Prime 4. Who knows? But, you know, yeah, as you said, Nintendo's always been decades behind in terms of, like, their multiplayer experience and what they offer. And now it seems like we found out that that's literally the case. Uh, Some of these servers that they've apparently been using this whole time are, like, 20 years old almost and have been around since, like, earlier than, like, the 3DS and Wii U days um or i'm sorry um has been they've been they changed over to a new system and the setup they're using is 18 years old but they've been using that like 18 year old server system since like the 3ds wii u days 
Um, and apparently they're moving to like some new servers, like server setup that like will hopefully, hopefully improve some kind of you know like the <laughs> matchmaking experience or multiple experience. But like apparently that it won't at least not at first. But yeah, not surprising that what Nintendo is running their multiplayer with is literally almost twenty years old, um, older than many of the people that play the games that use those servers. But not surprised at all. But now we have like actual proof that, and, and we don't even have proof that they really are changing them. But it does seem like they are changing over from these old servers that they've been using for a little while, and the servers themselves are super, super old. So, I mean, better late than never, I guess. Maybe if Metroid Prime 4 uses online stuff, this will be helpful. I'm not getting my hopes up. Nintendo's always super far behind on online stuff, so. Yeah, I'm at least I, yep. I'm glad they're at least changing them to something more modern. I guess, I don't know. I I guess yeah. Uh, I mean, you kind of nailed it though. Like, I don't really play Nintendo games for for the online. Although I do like to uh, you know get my Smash on online, but yeah. I kind of just have just accepted that it's kind of going to be a little bit shoddy. There's going to be some lag. There's going to be. Uh, it's it's almost charming at this point. Uh, but it actually, shouldn't be so. that way. That's the thing is that it sucks. It's like oh, we've just accepted that Nintendo Online sucks, but it shouldn't be that way. Like I hate that I pay on for like eh, an online service that like is just straight up trash. That like one person could probably make a better service of. But hopefully it has some improvements. I'm not getting my hopes up. That being said, I I think that they um are starting it with like the Monster Hunter Rise demo. So if you've played that, maybe. I don't know, maybe you might have had a better online experience, who knows? But yeah, um, Nintendo's always had bad online. It sucks that that's the case. I wish it wasn't. I don't play Nintendo games for the online mostly except, you know, like Smash, but I, I wish I could more, you know? I wish the online was better because it's it's not good for especially for what you pay. So hopefully this leads to some improvements and maybe if Metroid Prime 4 has some online components, it'll it'll benefit from these changes. Well, there you go. Um, all right, and another. Uh, by the way, the Nintendo Switch. Nintendo released its financials. Oh, Nintendo yeah. Switch has sold almost ninety million units. That is wild. Every single game that has been released on the Switch is basically the best-selling game in the series. Um, I think Pokemon is is just about to surpass that. Pikmin was the best-selling game of its series. Uh, Zelda. I mean, man. This, you know, this gives me hope for when Prime 4 comes out, because I think oh. that it could uh, do some numbers. I, this Metroid Prime 4, when it comes out on Switch, will be the best-selling Metroid Prime Metroid game uh, so far, mm -hmm. I, without a doubt. I, I think it's just a question of how much. Yeah, really. I, I mean, so many people are going to buy just because it's on the Switch, then people who like Metroid, and then, you know, hopefully new people who are, you know, getting into it for the first time, and it... I think it's going to sell. It's definitely going to... I think it'll double at least the best-selling Metroid game we've seen so far. So, uh, I, I agree, but that I, that's also not saying. But much. that's also again, yeah, not saying much. But it is cool to see how many uh, units the Switch has sold, considering you know, looking back four or five years ago when every financial analyst Unreal. was like, "Oh, the Switch is gonna bomb," blah blah blah, and now here we are. It's like the best-selling console of you know recent memory, and it's beaten. Uh, many many systems and it's on to its way to beat the sales records of many more and will likely be one of the best-selling consoles of all time so yeah congrats to the switch wild yeah, that's that's pretty cool what a what a turnaround story too from the wii u you gotta love it i you know what as a nintendo mark i just absolutely love this comeback story the success story uh you love to see it so there you go 
Speaking of stats, uh, this episode is going to be full of stats, actually. But one stat that we should thank everybody for is uh, the Omega Metroid podcast stats. Uh, January 2021 was our best month ever, and uh, we were we were doing record numbers. Um, you know, when we started this podcast, it was, you know, it was with the feeling that, hey, even if nobody listens to this, that's totally cool. We're just a couple Metroid fans making stuff for the handful of Metroid fans out there that want to listen to it. So uh, there's more of us than I thought, and I think that that's really cool. So thank you to everybody that's been uh, supporting and listening and sharing to the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I love checking the the stats every month because it's nice to see like all new people showing up and we even get like notifications for people who follow the show on like Podbean. And obviously we get all the notifications that we get from like Twitter, which is awesome. And that comes with more people listening to the show too. But I'm always checking out the, the stats of all the episodes we have and, you know, looking at it right now, I think we've already surpassed like over 16,000 like listens and downloads overall. I think it mixes those two together. So, which is, which is awesome. And like looking all time, like you can see how far like we've come from and not to toot our own horns, but to toot our own horns a little bit. Uh, it is, it is nice, you know, <laughs> looking back cause you can go back all the way to, you know, early last year and see like the first month, the first month of March, I think we had maybe less than 500 listens and downloads. And now we've quadrupled that in, in less than a year, which is pretty cool. That's all. Thanks to y'all for y'all listening out there. So I would definitely appreciate yeah. it. January, 2021 hit like over 2k, really cool, big jump up from, December and then obviously our biggest month of the year and or well of the year and so far and hopefully we'll uh, continue to smash those records but yeah thanks everyone for for listening we've we enjoy doing the show and it's also awesome to we have we have like more people asking us questions than ever and I think more like in comment and engagements to like the episodes too so that makes like that makes and, and I love yeah that. yeah I it makes that. it so worth it so thanks everybody for listening I love when other people do the work for us and ask us the questions. And all we <laughs> I was going to put it that way, great. man. Come on. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and hey, if, if you're new to the show, uh, don't be afraid to check out that backlog too. There's a lot of cool stuff that we did uh, last year. and We were just kind of getting our foot on the ground. Well, so. speaking of which, actually real yeah. quick uh, shout out. Uh, I know uh, Fussell Russell, I believe, who is one of our more recent listeners for the Omega Metroid podcast and gave us, I believe, a question or so last week. Uh, mentioned yesterday or earlier today saying that uh, I discovered the pod like a week ago, a week and a half ago, and I'm already up to the current episode. So has listened wow. to almost 50 episodes of the podcast in less than two weeks. Shout outs to you, man. That's pretty awesome. So yeah, that the, follows the his saying example. too legit to quit yeah. comes to mind. And we're going to reward you with yeah. the other M content. So you're welcome, bro. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Oh, can't boy. wait. All right. Well, let's let's get to uh, what we're here to talk about today. Speaking of stats, um, I'm going to lay down the premise for you guys. And, and uh, I hope that you guys dig this. So a lot of you guys know that I am also involved with Zelda Dungeon. And one of the series that we have over there, which was created by the great Masi Sagopian, is a series called The Definitive Ranking of Zelda. And what they do is they take each Zelda game and they break it down by 10 different categories. So like the art style, the dungeons, the bosses, the music, etc. And they give it a ranking 1 to 5. Now, I thought that this would actually be kind of a cool idea. And a lot of this translated over to Metroid with 
a few little tweaks that we have made here and there. So instead of dungeons, we're doing the areas in a game. Um, we're focusing a lot more on like the world and the atmosphere. We've we've put in a section instead of like items for expansions and how creative and how clever they are. So uh, I think that this is going to be really cool. Um, and I'm really excited to get uh, a Metroid perspective on this because it feels like we've been doing it over on the Zelda side for a long time. And from the moment that I saw it, I was just like, man, this would be cool to do over in Metroid. And what better game to do than Metroid Prime 2 Echoes, which you and I both just recently played for uh, Mapping Metroid. Yeah. And maybe we'll put like a little cool graphic together too, because doesn't don't you guys do that for the, the Zelda? Yeah, I think rankings? we I think we need yeah, to. Yeah, so I yeah. feel like we got to come up with some way for everyone to like submit their scores or something, and then maybe our score. I don't know. We got to do a whole thing. But that being said... I agree. Prime 2, I think, was a, a good way to start things off. And why not rank some more Metroid? I think we, we still have w many more ranking episodes to go. And this is a cool another sub-series to, uh, to kick off here. So, yeah, let's get into it. So, uh, before we get going, um, okay. I do, I do want to give the caveat here that when we are giving our rankings, um, we are, we're kind of comparing these to other Metroid games. So what I mean by that is, so for some of these categories, I've given a lower ranking, but if I were to compare Metroid Prime 2 Echoes to any other game, it would probably be a five in like every single category, but we're going to hold it to what's called the Metroid scale. So it, it's going to be, we're kind of ranking in that eight out of 10 to nine out of 10 to 10 out of 10 area. So I think that almost every Metroid game is at least an eight out of 10, maybe an exception here or there. But, uh, you know, if, if we give a lower score, it's just because we're holding Metroid to a much higher standard and comparing it to its peers, which, you know, have a have a really high bar. So just want to throw that caveat out there before anyone hears uh, maybe some of my picks and, and, and goes off. Because I, I have a hot take or two in here, I think. Well, I don't know if I have hot takes or not, so I'm ready to um measure the temperature of my takes so yeah i'm 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 ready i'm not sure if we're gonna agree or not but i figure we probably will in some ways and not in others and that will make for some content for this podcast so here we go <laughs> you betcha let's get it kicked off with category number one the world slash the atmosphere so i want to be clear when we're talking about the world and atmosphere it's not the like literal level design and stuff like that. That'll actually be reserved for the areas. But I'm talking just like the setting, the the ambience, the the atmosphere, which is so important for a Metroid game. Um, and Dak, I didn't rank Metroid Prime Two actually very high. I gave it a two. Okay, why why a two? Well, because I I feel like. Um, I feel like the world for me is a, just a little bit drab, um, except for Sanctuary Fortress, which we covered in Mapping Metroid. But um, you you go outside of Sanctuary Fortress and you have the Aegon Wastes and the Temple Grounds, which are like actually both really fun areas. Like I really like them a lot, but they they're just a little bit. Um, I don't. I feel like they're a little bit bland to me. They're kind of they're kind of very brown they're kind of uh not not the most popping is maybe the word that i'm looking for it just didn't stick out to me as much um i do like that you have the uh 
the troopers and the Luminoth everywhere. And you can kind of, uh, you know, you can kind of see that there was this battle or there was this civilization there. But I, I feel like then you, you go over to even Torvis Bog is, is really dark and really kind of, uh, I, I don't want to keep saying bland, but it's just very, it's very gloomy, which I, which I'm not like a super fan of. And then, of course, the Dark World, which is, in some parts, again, I'm thinking mostly in Sanctuary Fortress, it looks really cool, but then the dark version of Aegon Waste or Torvis Bog is, again, just kind of this, like, very, very grim, very dark kind of a setting, and I, I don't know, I just didn't, it didn't speak out to me as much when I, when I played it versus kind of the way that, you know, you can go planet hopping and see all these different civilizations and corruption or the way that talent forge is like is is teeming with life um i i don't think that it's bad necessarily but i think compared to kind of the ambiance and the atmosphere of some of the other metroid games it's it's a little bit lower for me and and by the way every time i give a low score it really pains me because like i said i actually do love metroid prime 2 like a lot so yeah. yeah, um I think you're pretty spot on for for the most part. I would give I gave it a 3. So for the world because I mean otherwise uh, you know aside from the fact that like the the good and evil like light and dark world thing is like pretty derivative, right? Like even in what 2004, mm-hmm. I think that had been already kind of done to death <laughs> in 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 media and even now looking back at it, it's not like I I think it's fine for what it is and I almost feel like every Nintendo game has to have some kind of like light and dark game in it or something. Just I don't know. Like Nintendo has some kind of quota for doing that like gimmick. Like Zelda has it, and and Metroid has so it. But many so many franchises in Nintendo have this, and it's just like a common trope in like fiction. But <clears throat> I think it's fine for that. Like it works, and I think how it's implemented is is for the most part okay. Like you know, it's pretty standard. Like the Luminoth are just kind of stand-ins for the Chozo. And the Ing are, uh, I mean, not really stand-ins for anything, but they are essentially just kind of like a ravenous, like, bestial race, so they don't have too much depth to them. But it still works, right? And that's why I give it, like, a three, but it's not, like, impressing yeah. in turn, like, conceptually, I think. I think what made Metroid Prime 2 work is that it um, gave, like, more of the, the gameplay and gave us more of Metroid Prime in terms of like the the gameplay and giving us new things to explore and building on the formula that Metroid Prime had already um, built and you know gave us, but at the same time it didn't. What it didn't do is give us a location and all these different like a larger spectrum of locations in terms of how they look. So like which Metroid Prime and Metroid Prime Three do I think a little better. And yeah, you have like the Sanctuary Fortress, but agreed. I think a lot of the time, like Metroid Prime 2 tries to like cover up the fact that it doesn't have like a larger spectrum, like diverser locations by having like the mm-hmm. light and dark world. It's like put those spins on these areas. And that I think is cool. And I like that. And revisiting quote unquote areas you've been to or whatever, but in a different way, uh, I think would give it that extra point. Um, not a four for me. And I guess if we're going with like there are no fives or fives are so rare, then you know, four is more common than I'd probably give this a three. So yeah, it'll be a three for me. I think Metroid Prime 2's world is pretty solid, but, um, you know, a yeah. bit derivative. Uh, you know what? And, and not to say that there will never be fives. I, this probably won't surprise you. I feel like there is a Metroid game. I could make a case for almost straight fives, but it's not, it's not echoes for me. 
I think without the dark world, this is a three to me, but I'm, I'm just going to knock it down um, a little bit more. So we have a two and a three. Um, let's go over to the art style, which, uh, you know, Metroid doesn't have as diverse of, of art style game to game as Zelda does. But I think that for art style, a big factor for me is like, how is the alien life designed? How is Samus uh, herself designed her suit, her ship? Um, what, like, you know, I, I don't want to say graphics, but we'll, we'll also put graphical fidelity, I guess, in here, like how gorgeous does the game actually look? And, you know, what? it's it's kind of um, more of, like I said, kind of a, a darker, um, God, I, I don't want to say bland, but I'm going to say it again, blander game. But like, I'm going to give the art style of Metroid Prime to a three, just because I think that Samus uh, herself looks really great. I think that all of her different suits look spectacular. Um, the the Luminoth are are visually very stunning. I think that um, the the Ing look kind of imposing. I, I like the way that they're designed. It does have some cool designs for some of the bosses. A lot of the enemies are just kind of reskins from Metroid Prime, which which brings it down for me a little bit. But, um, you know, we, this would have probably been a two for me, but then we were talking a couple weeks ago about Sanctuary Fortress and how spectacular it is. So, uh, Sanctuary Fortress just brings us up to a three to me, the, the entire like aesthetic of that area and the way that the, that the developers just made the, the graphics look and pop with all the lines and stuff like that, I think is like just so, so gorgeous um, so yeah, this is uh, this is a three for me. For art style for Prime Two, uh, I'd give it a four. I like Prime okay. Two's art style. I think it's very, I think it's really distinct. Like, yeah, it might be like drab and gray at times, and might not be Metroid Prime, but I think like Metroid Prime Two's visual identity is very distinct. A lot of the enemy designs, I think, are very distinct. Samus's suits. Are probably the most distinct art design, like design wise, that in any of the Prime mm -hmm. games, and those stand out a lot, and are you know really kind of put on display, like the the weapon designs and like how their art you know artistically designed, I think are stand out the most and are the more exceptions to the rule. So I really like Metroid Prime 2's art style, and it it is a little um, a product of its time, like that mid two thousands kind of grayish look that a lot of console quote-unquote shooters had even though that was i guess kind of became even more popularized like towards the end of the you know 2000s um overall i still think metroid prime 2 while it doesn't have like the environmental like lushness of like metroid prime because it's right you know it kind of is like literal jungles and all of that um metroid yeah. prime 2 feels more abstract and has like a more like geometrically like out there kind of look to it, even outside of like Sanctuary, Sanctuary Fortress. Um, I think Taurus Bog is really awesomely designed, and um, and I think you know, the the differences that the Dark World make on the Light World are you know pretty creative. So I would give it a four for me for Metroid Prime 2's art style. Yeah, and and I won't argue uh, against any of yours. Um, let's move on to the next category here and talk about the story. Dak, do you want to go? Uh, do you want to take the lead on this one? The story for Metroid Prime 2. Um, yeah, I mean, this kind of... I would give this a 3, too. I think this kind of ties into the world for me, right? Because um, they're kind of like one and the same. Um, so, 
again, it kind of derivative. I think like the relationship between the the Luminoth and the Ing are pretty. It's pretty good. It's a fine setup. Um, but again, it, it is. It feels like the the Luminoth are very much a a Chozo stand-in, and like the Ing is is kind of like a Phazen stand-in almost, and like. So mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like it's trying to really innovate in terms of a story, which makes sense because a lot of Nintendo games don't do that. Like gameplay is their, you know, their first and foremost priority and story is kind of means to an end, right? It's just a means to actually get to the gameplay. And like, obviously the story for Metroid Prime 2 is really only there to facilitate like the whole light and dark world gimmick, right? Um, right. so in, in that kind of way, it feels more of like just a device to, uh, I guess, kind of make the gameplay make more sense rather than really being like a solid story. And, and, and Metroid isn't something that's ever had like a super strong story, but there are games I think that are a bit stronger. And then like Metroid prime one, the story feels a bit more, um, em- emergent, right? Like, it's not like. I guess so in your face as Prime 2's is, and it's more about like what you discover about the planet. And then Prime 2 is a little bit more of like a straightforward or kind of story. And I think that's when it kind of gets caught up in some of like usual science fiction tropes. And it's a pretty basic story. It's not really testing your, te- you know, your, your noggin a little bit, right? Um, I think it's okay. Right. Um, and it also ties into the world like Dark and Light Aether. Like it's like, you know, it's kind of, kind of cliche. Yeah, I'd give it a three. It does its job. I think it's good for a Metroid game and it does facilitate some good gameplay. And I like the, you know, the light and dark thing. It, it's a, it's a common trope in fiction for a reason. Cause it works. So yeah, I think it's fine. I like the dark Samus, like, you know, her, her story of kind of growing in power and, and taking over, like control of the ing in a way and dealing with the Luminoth. And you have, you fight over like older Luminoth technology and you're, helping their planet that's just kind of like cursed by the ing in a way um i think that's cool it gives it feels a little more fleshed out and in depth than obviously metroid prime ones because it is and in some way other metroid stories but it just like the setup itself um isn't as like unique as other metroid games i feel like are um but it is like i think a competent story so i don't know i think a three is a, a fine score for it for me okay um, I actually went a little bit higher than you. I went to a four and uh, I, I actually agree with everything you said. Um, but I feel like maybe, maybe my expectations were just a little bit lower, but um, I, I really liked all of the, like the, the backstory that they put into all the fallen Luminoth warriors. And like, you know, they, they gave a lot of lore for you to find about like the, you know, what the bog used to be like before the ink took over, what the fortress used to be like, etc. Uh, and I think that that's kind of cool. I've always been a fan of the Metroid Prime method of telling story uh, where you just kind of, you, you kind of make up your own story or it's as, as revealed as you make it out to be by how much you want to go scan stuff. So I, I do like that approach. Um, and I actually, I really like, in fact, I probably like the idea of fighting Dark Samus so consistently through the game. Yeah, that's true. In principle for the story more than I actually like literally fighting her three different times. So I, I do like that um, story. I mean, you're, you're totally right. The Luminoth are basically the Chozo. The Aang are kind of like this, uh, you know, they, they could, it could be anything that's, that's destroying uh, the planet. Or the Aether. flood. But uh, yeah, pretty much. Right. Like, but I, I think you're also right in the fact that like, you know, it's, it's not super original, but it is effective. Yeah. And I think that it works. 
And, um, you know, it's it doesn't need to be too, too over the top for me. I like the conflict between Dark Samus and Samus. Um, I like the backstory, and I do like just kind of the initial uh, setup of the Aang versus the Luminoth, and, and I think that it works fairly well. So, yeah, that's a four for me. Yeah, you know, I, um, I, would, I would say, though, I think that one of my favorite things about the story, and I, I think a three is still a good score, right? At least for me. Like, oh, I, yeah, I don't want to sure. make it seem yeah. like a three is not a good story. Like, I think three is good, like, four is great, and five is like, um, like wow, this is amazing. Um, I think that how the Luminoth are incorporated into the story is, is pretty good, and I like that it's a different way of interacting with, like, this extemporaneous kind of, you know, alien race that um, – isn't all there and you're kind of learning about how they were and all that. Like, it's not like a straight up copy of how you learn about the Chozo, right? You, you're, it's a little more personal, which I liked. Like, I think there was a, there was mm-hmm. a point to the Chozo being obviously more distant and there, there being less of like a direct connection between you and the Chozo when you're exploring uh, Talon four. Um, whereas there's a lot more of a closer intimate connection between Samus and the Luminoth when she's on Aether. And I think that's for a good reason. And, and creates a bit more of a dichotomy between the two games and it's doing something different. And even though it might be a bit more direct and maybe less emergent and like, you know, less like, Oh, you make a cool discovery. The story is what you make it like, you know, you kind of learn on your own. It kind of like prime two kind of gives you the story. It's still, I think fine and pretty good. And I, and I also agree your point on learning about the different warriors and all that is also a nice touch, which I think uh, the, the Metroid prime could have gone a little further with, but made up for with um some good chozo and space pirate lore too yeah yeah no doubt um i i do actually just before we move on from story i i do like the payoff too at the end that you get to actually like see the luminoth yes. because you've never seen a chozo Agreed. so it was kind of nice i definitely agree with that that's actually a really good point because that ending too i think is really iconic and like stuck with at least mm-hmm. maybe not like super iconic because i don't know if like it would like translates to that like across like just gaming in general like maybe even metroid fans um but i mean growing up as a kid i always like remembered that ending to metroid prime pretty clearly and same thing with the ending to all the metroid i think that's a pretty famous gif where samus is waving over her yeah that is true that is yeah there's that gif and then there's the same gif where someone edited it where she's like throwing the middle finger back um (laughs) that i remember so yeah that actually is pretty iconic but yeah that ending yeah exactly like you have that difference of you actually like meet the luminoth and you they're like hey thanks samus that was (laughs) appreciate it and she's like all right see ya i always thought that was good so yeah good point i like that ending all right let's keep it going here and get to our next category which is pacing and progression And this one was a tougher category to bring over from Zelda because I feel like a lot of the point of Metroid is kind of getting lost in the world and you, you kind of make your own, you kind of make your own pacing as you go in the world. But, um, I think that you can define this category by like how fluid the game is. Mm -hmm. And if you ever get to parts where you're just like, Oh God, not this part or like this, this section is a slog or, or whatever. Right. Like, I feel like if there are no points in a game where you're just like, I hate this part, then you have really great pacing and progression. And uh, I feel like Metroid Prime 2 does okay for this. Uh, I gave it a three. Um, At the beginning, I I think that the dark world really hurts Metroid Prime 2. Um, It it always feels like a slog to have to go through there. And you know what? The redeeming quality of that is, is that at least it is fast. 
and you kind of are literally sprinting from one safety bubble to the next. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that that is at least kind of the silver lining, but I, I think that the dark world parts are, uh, are fairly weak and, and bring down the pacing for me. It gets better as the game goes along. Um, I think that what helps the game is that as we were talking about with sanctuary fortress, there's really not a ton of backlog in this game. Uh, there's one point where you get to Torvis and you have to go back to Aegon Waste to get the Seeker missiles. And there's one point in Sanctuary where you have to go back to Torvis and get the power bombs. But really, other than that, you are in the area, you finish the area, and you can move on. Um, you know, I, I think another thing that lowers it a little bit for me is the ending where you have to find all of the, uh, the Sky Temple keys. Um, and I know that they basically just retread the same thing from Metroid Prime, but to, to see that used again, I thought was a little bit like once was okay in Metroid Prime, but to do it again in Echoes, I was like, ah, you know, maybe we could, maybe we could do something else. I liked it a lot better when Corruption did that as like kind of a, I guess that wasn't even actually a, an optional side quest, but it felt more like it to me. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I like there are some positives, there are some negatives. So I think all things considered. It's kind of a wash, and I would uh, I would give it a three. I I pretty much agree with exactly what you said. <laughs> um, I feel like I've given a bunch of threes already. Though I, I think I threw a four in there so far. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much said what I was gonna say, and I would think from what I remember, like the pacing from Metroid Prime Two and Metroid Prime, I don't think is really all too different. And that really, at least from what I really I, comparing the two games, I played Metroid Prime more than Metroid Prime Two, which I think is. I think is is wrong of me. I should play Metroid Prime 2 more often because it is a really good game. But at the same time, it is built very much on Metroid Prime. So I think pacing-wise, it ends up kind of... Even though you move between the areas of Metroid Prime a bit more fluidly than you do in Prime 2, I think it ends up kind of Mm -hmm. being paced pretty similarly. And maybe I'm wrong there, but that's always been my interpretation of them. So, uh, yeah, I never really felt like... You know, all all three Prime games have their slower parts and their more fast-paced sections. That's just kind of like the ebb and flow of the games because it's kind of just a slower-paced FPS, right? And it's very much about uh, discovering and, and looking around and taking your time, at you know, unless you're speedrunning and exploring. So I, I, I would say that the, the Sky Temple keys probably slows the game down the most and... That is like, you know, dark temple keys, finding keys, finding that kind of stuff always yeah, <laughs> is, is really, is really where the game slows. And, but then like at other times, even like towards the end of the game, it picks up pretty quickly and, and starts moving, um, and doesn't really let up. So yeah, I, I, w- I would give this a three. It doesn't really offend in any kind of way, but it's certainly not winning any awards for its pacing or progression either. Uh, pretty much did the job just like I think Metroid Primes did as well. Metroid Prime, I think might even... Uh, yeah, I'm not going to go into that, but three for Prime 2's uh, progression and pacing for me. All right, well, let's move on to the next category, and that is gameplay. And uh, gameplay kind of encompasses, obviously, how the game plays, but also, like, the central, uh, I don't want to say, well, I'm going to say gimmick that the game uses. So for Metroid Prime 3, that would be using your ship uh, to go from planet to planet. Metroid Fusion would be absorbing X, and Metroid Prime 2's gimmick would be the light and the dark world and how that builds upon the gameplay of Metroid Prime. 
This is where this is my hot take because I give the gameplay a one. What? How do you, how, what? I what? <laughs> uh, hear, hear me, hear me what? out, hear me out. So I mean, obviously, fundamentally, the gameplay of Metroid Prime Two Echoes is awesome, right? Because it's it's basically just Metroid Prime, but when you add in the the gimmick of the dark world and the light world and how you constantly have to go into the dark world where your health is just con- like consistently sucked away, um, I I don't I just don't like that at all. One thing that I hate, I hate about Metroid Prime 2 Echoes is that the light beam and the dark beam use ammo. I can't stand that. It makes me want to never use my beams because I, I just like, you know, I, I'm used to just being able to to fire away in in my, you know, plasma beam or whatever and not have to worry about that. Um, and I don't really like that. It felt like they were trying to lean into, like, I guess more of the first-person shooter genre versus, like, a game that was set in a first-person perspective. And I know that you hate that, but to me, I just, I didn't like that at all. And uh, I'm going to throw in the the lousy multiplayer that they threw in here too, which was really shoddy, really awful, uh, really just half-baked comes to mind. So yeah, this this is a one for me. It's the lowest score that I gave Metroid Prime 2. Um so yeah, there that that's my hot take. That's my hot take for for you this episode, Dak. I don't know how you can give Metro Prime 2's gameplay a, a one. Not even a two, dude. It's a prime game. Uh I I, I just I want I got to say I I don't like the gimmick of the game. I think that the dark world and light world thing is kind of hokey. Um I I mean it works from a story perspective and that's cool, but like li- like actually gameplay-wise, I feel that it is okay at best. And then, yeah, I, I just, the beams and the ammo just really, really don't do it for me. Not at all. Well, as someone who enjoys um, ammo counts, resource limitations, time limits in games, things of that nature, you know, I'm a big Majora's Mask fan. Um, <clears throat> I, I mean, I got to give Prime 2's gameplay a five. I mean, it's Metro Prime 2. It's a Prime game. It's, it's, it's so good. Builds upon the original Metro Prime gameplay, adding, I think... Uh, what you know gives to the game a bit of like anticipation and, and tenseness, right? Because you have you have limited resources, you have limited ammo. You got to be a little smarter and strategic. You can't just blast away mindlessly and just waste ammo. You got to be smart about moving around before you have the proper equipment later in the game in the dark world. Uh, I always loved like the more survival aspect of Metroid Prime too. Like Metroid Prime is more of a freewheeling. Like there's no one to stop you. You're going everywhere. You have all the ammo you need, pretty much. And you can do what you want. And Metro Prime 2 feels a lot more like that's not the case. You are a little limited. You're a little bit more locked down. There's a little more of a threat that you really have to deal with that can't be dealt with by normal means. And that required also new weaponry that had some, uh, I guess, ammo limitations. Someone who's come from FPS games of normal, you know, traditional FPS games, have had no problem with that. I always thought growing up as a kid that the ammo and the survival aspects of the game, having to conserve ammo and be smart about that stuff was always really cool and made it different and not just reusing the same thing as Metroid Prime. So definitely 100% agree with or disagree with you. Um, I thought the gameplay for Metroid Prime 2 is, I mean, I can't wait to play Metroid Prime 2 on mouse and keyboard. It's probably going to be so sick, but even like the original game, I always thought was so much fun, had like a more tense style to it. And even like, maybe like, I don't know, just like it felt way more, um, like a lot more weight to the gameplay and a hundred percent of five for me. Uh, yeah, I, I love, I love Metroid Prime 2. And you know what? 
You know what? I think you just gave a great description of the gameplay of Metroid Prime 2. Like, I, I think the survival aspect is, is actually, like, a really great way to put it. It's just not my cup of tea when it comes to Metroid. You know me, I like I like exploring and, and going off and kind of doodling about and, you know, can I can I shoot this? Can I powerbomb this? Whatever. So, yeah, I, I, I thought that that might be a, a hot take that you would disagree with, but there we go. I mean, we're complete opposite ends of the spectrum. I love it. Yeah. No, I mean, you're definitely wrong, so I, I'm good, glad to be on the right <laughs> side. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I feel like there's probably not one single soul out there. I'm, I'm very me, confident I'm okay that, that I'm going to be on the right side of history on this one. So, well, well, we'll see about that. Let's go to our next category here. We have the items and abilities. Uh, Dak, I'm giving this a four. Yeah. I, I love the items of Metroid Prime 2 Echoes. As we talked about over on uh, the Sanctuary Fortress episode, you've got your classics in here. Uh, you got the power bomb. You have got the the uh, all your different missiles, but you've actually got like kind of new spins on that. You've got the seeker missiles, which blast off um, a bunch of different shots all in one. You have some really cool suits, really cool visors in this game. You know, we kind of talked about how the echo visor was was a little bit contrived, but I don't really care. I think that it looks like really cool, and I love using it. Um, I thought that the that the screw attack was like okay, but I uh, the other half of me just loved seeing it in the game at all. So I was kind of like I was a little bit more lenient. Uh, if it wasn't for the light and the dark beam, this this might actually be it might actually be a five for me now that I'm thinking of it because I really do enjoy all of the different power ups that you get in this game. Um, I think that they they added some really cool stuff to you know to the prime cannon. It would have been pretty easy to to just kind of recycle all of the items that that you used in uh, Metroid Prime, but they didn't really do that. They they you know put some in, but they they built upon it in a really smart way. So I'm giving this a four. I think that they did uh, a really good job. Um, I would have liked to see the screw attack maybe translate to 3D a bit more, but since this was their first kick at it in 3D, uh, I'm I'm gonna give them a pass. And uh, and yeah. Tell them, give them a pat on the back because I think they did a good job. Uh, well, I'm again. You pretty much said what I was gonna say. I think, um, yeah, it's a four from me as well. Metroid Prime Two has some of the more iconic, I think, additions to Samus's repertoire and and uh, I don't know, library or artillery, so to speak, armory, right? One of those words that you know you have not i mean metroid prime 2 adds a lot of stuff not only just like with enemies but in terms of weapons yeah i think you nailed it on the head you have like the reinterpretation of older stuff like the screw attack which might not have been perfect but still awesome to see in the game and you had the dark beam the light beam which are obviously stand-ins for some older weapons but are cool takes really look awesome to look at and obviously work really well in the context of light and dark aether. The annihilator beam is really cool. Um, and then you have, you know, your more standard stuff that returns in every Metroid game. It's like a good mix of all the different stuff. New stuff, you know, interpretations of old stuff. And then the classic, uh, you know, weapons that you are, you know, come to know in a Metroid Prime or even just a Metroid game, right? Um like the dark mm-hmm. suit and the light suit are some of my favorite suits in all of Metroid. It's real. I always thought, I mean, coming from Metroid Prime, where all of the suits are essentially just color swaps, right? And even before that, 
Metroid Prime 2 is really the first time that Samus's suit really changed like dramatically in terms of its build. Like you can point to the various suit and the you know uh, the uh, like your standard, standard power suit exactly but, right yeah like yeah. those are two things that have always been kind of different but even then they're pretty built on one another. Um, but like the the yeah. dark suit very different design even though it is uh somewhat similar to the varia and then like the light suit is more akin to like your fusion suit and all of that and really uh, kind of like it goes in both paths right a build on both kinds of types of suits i always thought that was cool and and metroid really has continued i for the most part here and there continued to try to provide um uh, more kinds of suits that really changed the formula and i always appreciated that and then obviously you have the really cool visors too you know, you have a dark visor and echo visor, which are pretty sweet and uh, look pretty mm -hmm. awesome. And seeker missiles, too. Uh, I you know forgot what too? those as well. I'm sorry. But the seeker missile is also a low-key slept-on um, addition to Metroid Prime 2 as well. I, I got to give a shout-out to this low-key slept-on item because I actually love it. But the jetpack that you use in the water, I love that thing, man. Like, being able to, to freely move and, like, you kind of have that Mario Sunshine... Uh, safety net where you have the jetpack going behind you to make your jumps really uh really like long i i love that i i liked it a lot actually but yeah i think that it does uh does a great job of, of mixing the old with the new and and making everything feel pretty cool yeah i agree so there you go um okay i keep on stealing your answer so i'll let you go first here oh. dak our next category is the areas of the game what say you hmm you're making me go first on this one. Okay. Uh, well, I gave you the tough one. Yeah. You know, this one, hmm. Because this one I kind of hem and hawed about for the most part because, you know, we just obviously went over Sanctuary Fortress. But, like, when I think of uh, most of the locations in, like, Metroid games, like, that are really iconic or really stand out, I don't think most of them really come from Metroid Prime 2. So. Like, you know, the Aegon Waste, Torvus Bog, those are cool, really. Those are cool areas, I think, in the context of Metroid Prime 2. And, like, the Sanctuary mm -hmm. Fortress is obviously the standout. It, 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 Like I said on that episode, it feels very much like the, uh, like, as if, like, the, like, another Metroid Prime game was being made at one point. And I like aspects of, like, you know, the like Torvus Lagoon is a really cool area. And it, it, but like that kind of also feels a bit derivative of like town overworld, I think. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think so, in some ways, Metroid Prime 2's areas don't really go far enough from being like too different and diverse from one another. At the same time, almost don't build too far away from what Metroid Prime did. Um, kind of having this like steampunky look does work for the game, but um, I don't know, it doesn't really like carry it too far. Uh, this one was hard. I think I may just give it a three where it again does the job. Sanctuary Fortress puts it closer to like a four, but at the same time, I think overall it doesn't like the, the overall areas in Metroid prime two. Um, but then again, uh, it's hard because then you have like the dark areas and like the ing hive, which are really cool. Um, Hmm. I don't know. I'm, I think I'm still going to give it a three, but I'm, I'm having a hard time doing that. Cause like when I think back to like some of the dark areas, um, some of my favorite rooms like just look really cool. Like the the Gloom Vista is a really cool room in uh, the Dark Torvus Bog that I always think of, and like those big like red spots on the walls, the purple background. Like I don't know, maybe a three point mm. five is three point five 
legal? Can we do that? <laughs> I don't. I don't think we have point uh, fives. I, I. I don't think we can allow those. I'm gonna. You know, what? I'm gonna give it a four. I'm going for four. I'm okay. going for four. I still, as much as I said everything I just said, I still love a lot of what Metro Prime uh, Two has to offer in terms of all the different areas. Okay. Uh, you know what? I I agree with most of what you said, but I went the other way. I gave it. I went lower. I gave it a two. Um, and I gave it like, let's say that 1.7 of that is for Sanctuary Fortress and then 0.3 of that's for Torvis Bog. I actually, I've, I think that you said something really important there where like Torvis Bog is really cool in the context of Metroid Prime 2. But when you stack it up against like, like some of the other areas that we have, that, that even we've covered a mapping Metroid, like, um, Chozodia or, mm-hmm. or, uh, even, even some of the sectors in Metroid Fusion, it just feels kind of, uh, it feels kind of bland to me. Um, the layout of, of the areas I think is, uh, I, on one hand, I like it for the pacing and progression because it does allow you to do each area kind of separately, but I, I do kind of like when the areas are a little bit more interconnected. It gives me I don't know. It just gives me that like classic Metroid feeling, which I, I feel is a little bit lacking here. And I totally get why they did that because, you know, you needed to differentiate yourself from Metroid Prime. But I just, I, I don't know if I necessarily love it. Um, Sanctuary Fortress is incredible. I do think that for me, the Aegon Wastes and the the Temple Grounds are both kind of, they really bring it down. Like the areas themselves are pretty fun and they have some good expansions, which we'll get to later. But just the like the overall layout of the areas the overall kind of the vibe of the areas it's they're not either of my favorites and then i think that the dark versions of basically everything really drag down the score for me because i just don't enjoy being in the dark world um i i just it, it's just too drab for me and and again i totally get why echoes did this it needed to be different but you know a sanctuary fortress again aside I think that the dark worlds are just a little bit, uh, they're, they're just not my cup of tea. So I went the other way. Um, I was hemming and hawing if I should give this a two or a three and I decided to go down to two just cause I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit more, I'm trying to put my critics hat on here, uh, versus, you know, trying to, cause it's hard to give the areas of the game a two because I do think that like, even, even though they don't look like super cool or, you know, they're not super interesting. Um, Aegon Waste is still like a fun little area, but would I say it's of the best of Metroid? Definitely not. Maybe I should move to a three. You're making me, you're putting me in a three kind of mood now for them. I still, I still, I want 3.5. I'm sorry, but I want 3.5. That's what I would, that's what I would want for, for that. But maybe we'll, we'll decide if we round down or, or not or up. I don't know. Maybe three is what I want to answer. I have uh, no idea. Three or four or three. The first person to the first person to tweet at us at Omega Metroid Pod. You can you tweet either three or four, and that's what we'll do. All right, cool. Yeah, someone can take my score for, for it. official rankings. All right, let's keep going here. Uh, the next category is the enemies and bosses of the game. Uh, I give this a three. I think that uh, a lot of the enemies, like we talked about are reskins of the enemies in Metroid Prime. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that, actually. Um, it's just, it is noticeable. Uh, for the bosses, I feel like the bosses are very hit or miss in this game for me. Of course, there's like, there's the bosses that nobody really likes, like the boost boss. 
I think really sucks. Um, having to fight Dark Samus three times is is like the definition of too much of a good thing. Um, Thardis is really fun. His his second phase or not Thardis, oh. God, uh, Quadraxis. I'll be like, oh, when did you fight Thardis in this game? I know they added <laughs> yeah. DLC. Yeah, yeah he, he came back to that surprise out of nowhere. Uh, Quadraxis. His first phase was really fun. His second phase was kind of so-so. And uh, his third phase was, again, really fun. Um, I liked the uh, I liked the, the bosses where you were in the Morph Ball, like the Power Bomb boss and the, and the Spider boss. I know a lot of people hated those, but I had a good time fighting them. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think Emperor Ng is, like, just kind of okay. So, yeah, I, I've, I feel like this is right in the middle for me. I, this is a three. Hmm. So we're counting like bosses and enemies overall here, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, nah, four, for me, bro. Metroid Prime for me on this. I'm gonna give it a four. Um, yeah, I think as much as you might be right that yeah, some of the a lot of the enemies are kind of reskins. They're still reskins of good enemies, and yeah. I think like the space pirates are have really cool renditions in this game. The Ing, I always thought were a really solid enemy. They scared me as a kid. They're feral. They're bouncing back and forth. They have a really awesome design. They're big. Um, so I always liked the Ing as enemies and just like as characters overall. In terms of the bosses, I think, you know, Metro Prime 2 has a, a solid um, list of enemies that are either like good bosses, good to great bosses, or were so annoying or terrible or whatever that they became like memes. So they have some kind of value outside of, of their, just their gameplay. As much as I hate like, you know, like a boost guardian kind of boss or whatever, just like having that value of like, wow, this, this boss was so annoying or whatever. Like Metroid Prime 2 had that. I don't know. I always thought that was kind of a charming part of Metroid Prime 2 as much as it was an annoying part of it, of it as well. Um, I think the Dark Samus fights, you're right. They might be too much of a good thing, but it's still a lot of a good thing. And that's... Not the worst thing. I always like the Dark Samus fights. And going back to what you said earlier, having Dark Samus kind of show up a bunch of times, you know, kind of scrap every once in a while is, I think, was a cool part of the story. And the fights were pretty consistently good to great. Quadraxis is a standout boss and one of the better Metroid Prime bosses overall, I think, too. So, um, and the Emperor Ring was pretty solid. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I mean, Overall, I think Metroid Prime 2 does a really good job with its enemies and either just builds on what Metroid Prime did or, you know, slightly modifies them and twists them to fit the game or brought in some new enemies that I think, you know, gave the game its own kind of identity. I think the Ing really are, the Ing themselves are some of my favorite enemies and like factions in Metroid overall. So, I you know, for that alone, I think really puts Metroid Prime 2 up there in this category for me. So mm. yeah, I'll give, I'll give him a four. I, I wonder if maybe something for me is like, I feel like the Ng would have maybe resonated more if we hadn't have had the X before it, you know, mm. like, cause, uh, cause they're both like kind of similar. They're these alien threats that absorb your abilities and, and you have to fight them to get I them guess back. That's true. Uh, I never, as, as you were saying that I was kind of thinking of that, like, uh, why don't I like the Ng more? Hmm. Well, I mean, I like the X a lot, and so, like, more of the X is not really an issue with me, but I never really mm -hmm. saw the Ing and the X as very similar, because, like, they do absorb powers, but, I mean, 
that's really the and like they're aliens, but like that's really the extent of their similarities, right? Like, Ings have actual like yeah, and and I don't yeah, like I don't mean to say that they're like super no, similar, just like kind of uh, more so like this this new alien threat, I guess, is the the parallel that I'm drawing. But yeah, I I, I don't know. I I think that they're okay, but I. I think like uh, I didn't even mention the grapple guardian. I oh. think that that's probably the worst boss in the game, actually. Yeah, you know, um, I I would I would yeah. say that for at least a lot of the time when I look at Metroid enemies, like do they have like a kind of like compelling gameplay purpose or like you know scenario, and are they compelling story wise? Right. That's that, at least that's mm-hmm. for me. So like I like the X because. Um, I don't know the the these enemies that you can absorb, but like have different types. Like some you can't absorb, some you can freeze. Like some are really big; they float around and are not tied to the ground and have a different kind of movement style than other characters. I like that, and obviously they're a big part of Fusion's story. They lead the whole thing. Ing, same thing, but they're different. Like they aren't like just like the X are intelligent, but they're intelligent because they're absorbing other creatures' intelligence, right? Like the Ing are like their right. own species and culture that are fighting just other cultures right so it's more of like just a war between civilizations where the x really isn't that it's it's just like a parasite so um the ing i like that about the ing that they weren't just a parasite right they they might be used by dark samus in a way right but ultimately the the ing kind of have their own motivation and goals and are their own thing that existed and aren't just like a mindless creature that you fight they are more than that, so I don't know. I think that I always like that about thing, and then just design wise, always I think looks really cool and kind of scary, and are probably the most iconic thing about Metroid Prime Two and design wise, like from the enemies, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, I actually, and I don't disagree with that, but I, I guess for me that that's more of a credit to like the art style and the story. Yeah. Um, but I, I see what you're saying, and I, I agree with what you're saying. Um, all right, let's keep it going here. We have two more categories to get to before uh, we, we wrap it up with Metroid Prime 2. Um, expansions, collectibles, and extras are the next category. So I'm excited for this one because I think that this game does a good job. But uh, I, I'll, I'll let you go first, Dak. What do you think? Uh, hmm. So, like, when we're counting expansions and collectibles and extras here, like, I'm just looking at, like, we're not including suits, though. So... I want to. I want to hear your yeah, answer. Just like I your... want to hear your answer more on okay, this. Okay, I, I can yeah, go. Yeah, I want to hear your answer more. Um, and and just to clarify, I'm I'm talking like like all of the missiles, power bomb expansions, stuff like that, that isn't essential to finishing the game. But um, you know, a lot of the stuff that you you have to do like really creative uh, puzzles or or whatever to, uh, to get or like uh, a couple weeks ago when I was talking about how I was uh, a really big fan of all of the different. Uh, spider track ball puzzles i i gave this category a four i think that uh prime two echoes does like a pretty consistent job of um of offering like really fun expansions uh they do you know as much as i don't really like the gimmick um they do make pretty good use of the the light in the dark world to you know kind of further uh samus and, and get some of those power-ups um there was there's a lot i noticed a lot of spider track uh, power-ups in this game which i which i thought were really fun um i pointed out a few that i really liked in particular on our sanctuary fortress episode um but there's also a bunch that are scattered around like torvis and and Aegon and uh you know even the temple grounds which i think are are quite clever and quite fun um there's one in torvis where you have to like kind of use your um 
your bomb jump to go up this this really complex uh, tunnel and you have to use the bubbles to boost yourself up. I thought that was really fun. Um, that that power-up that's hidden behind um, uh, when you're going through the tunnel in Aegon Waste and you can see you can see the room with the portal there and the missile expansion, but like you can't get to it until way later in the game. Uh, I, I think that that stuff is is really clever. Uh, I think that uh, you know there's a fair there's a fair amount of variety in the different um, the different tools that you use to get all of your different power ups. You know, a lot of them require seeker missiles. A lot of them require the the echo visor. Um, so I, I like that uh, little bit of diversity in the gameplay there. And uh, a special shout out too to um, all of the, like the beam, not the expansions, but like the beam power ups or whatever, like the sunburst and stuff like that. Um, that one, I think in particular, where you have to go around and like use your your dark visor on that big complex in the temple grounds to uh, basically to unlock it, I thought was really fun. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a bunch of really fantastic expansions in this game, so I'm I'm giving it uh, a four. Hmm. See, I didn't. I when I was thinking about this, that's why I'm glad that you answered first because I didn't really think about this in terms of like the means in which you get the expansions. I was kind of just looking at the expansions themselves, which you know I are see, for I the see. most part the same expansions you kind of get in the previous Metroid Prime. Um, <clears throat> Here, here's a good example. Like one of the remember when we were doing Chozodia, there's that really wicked missile that you have to like shine spark up like twenty stories of of whatever walls to get it. Right. You have to keep running and keep your momentum. That kind of stuff I feel like is really fun. And like who actually cares about the missile expansion, but just like the challenge of getting that and the creativity, I it really spoke to me. And that's that's kind of what this category is all about. I guess I'm gonna have to give it a two because. For me, I'm not I'm Ooh. I'm not a completionist, you know. I don't really play Metroid games to complete them and co and collect everything. I think they're all like I like I love, which is weird because then I like playing like Donkey Kong 64, which is purely a collection like a collectathon. But in that one game, I you know in those kind of games, I guess for Metroid, I don't play it for that. I like playing Metroid for just the the adventure and the combat and the puzzles and the story and all of that and and the setting. And the ex exploration, so, but I'm not really exploring to max out my, my, I guess, collecting of things, my percentage. I very, I haven't 100%ed, like, Metroid games very often, so, when I looked at this category, it was, did, like, these expansions make me, like, like, did they, did they do anything different with the formula coming from Metroid Prime? Did they make me want to go and find those expansions at all? Uh, other than like me, my like the necessity to need them to like advance through the game to like have enough health or whatever. And no, it really didn't. I don't think Metroid Prime Two like played with that formula at all. It didn't really. It just provided more expansions. I think overall that's something that Metroid could, and I'm not sure how it would do it, but to kind of change up the the expansion system a little bit, I think it's kind of become a bit dated. Um, at least for me, as someone who's not a completionist, I've never really been motivated to go out of my way to complete and get everything and, and look for those challenges that you enjoy. And I think maybe if I was motivated to do that, I would have experienced more of those, uh, you know, little things to get those kind of out there expansions. And then that would motivate me to get more of those expansions to have more of those kind of experiences. But what Metroid Prime does, or Metroid Prime 2 does, and I think Metroid Prime 3 in the same way doesn't really change the formula of how expansions work. It didn't really motivate me to want to go and get them more, nor did it make it necessary, um, unless you're applying on like one of the harder difficulties. 
So yeah, I, that's how I looked at this um, this category. I I didn't I can't really cite too many instances of like my favorite expansions that I got. It was more of like a it was the same thing as Metroid Prime for me, where I never felt like I had to go out of my way to get everything. I just got what I needed, like the bare minimum, and made it work. Hey. That's that, that's okay that with me. Sense. Shout out to Donkey Kong sixty four. Donkey Kong sixty four yeah. goaded game. Where's Donkey Kong one twenty eight? Where's Chunky? Where's Lanky? You know where are my homies? Where's Tiny? Like I I miss the, I miss the gang. No, they can they can retire Tiny. Tiny. No, I, she's just yeah. wh- where. Why didn't you just bring in Dixie? I mean, you're not wrong, but Dixie was probably busy. I don't know. I don't know. Let's let's move on to the last category here. Uh, we're definitely running long, but uh, that's okay. Uh, let's talk about the music of metroid prime 2 and dak i'll let you go first for this one how about oh my god man you're just putting me on the spot today hmm i think metroid prime 4 well metroid prime 2's music gets a four from me as well um you know metroid prime 1 gets a five for me if that is con you know context for this score i think metroid prime 2's music is just just slightly below metroid prime where Metroid Prime, I think, has soundtrack-wise a bit more range. Um, I don't know if Metroid Prime 2 has the same range as Metroid Prime 1's soundtrack. And there are, I think, I, I think some some tracks in Metroid Prime 2 don't stand out as more as much. Um, a, a, are built a bit on some of the Metroid Prime tracks. It doesn't. It does like when you think of like Metroid Prime, like the soundtrack just immediately stands out. When you think of that game, I don't think the same can be said about Metroid Prime 2. It's sufficient, and there are some really good tracks. And obviously, again, you got to go back to Sanctuary Fortress, which has, you know, and like the Temple Grounds area, which has some really good banging music. Really good. But does it like stand out like Metroid Prime's does? Does it like really, um, is it like a a five? Mm, No, not for me. I'm going to give it a four, though. It's very up there. I mean, this is Metroid Prime 2. It's hitting on all cylinders pretty much on my end. So, um, yeah, that's a a solid four from your boy. I agree. Um, I'm going to give it a soft four. I was going between three and four, and I decided just to round up. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you nailed it, man. Like, Sanctuary Fortress is, uh, is just like, I think it's easily the best track from this game um the lower sanctuary fortress is also awesome i love the uh the torvis bog themes both the like the depths version and the regular version of the of the bog mm-hmm. theme um Aegon wastes is as uh, the weak part i think uh, it's definitely the weak link of the soundtrack um, which kind of contributes to you know my feeling on the area i think if it had stronger music it would stand out a little bit more um but yeah temple grounds is, is cool and I love the the Dark Samus theme. Uh, I love that fight theme music. It, it really gets my my blood going. So I think that that is really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, really really strong music. I think for for Metroid Prime Two. I you know to be honest, I was thinking about this and I was like, man, what Metroid game would I not give like a, a decently high score to in terms of music? Huh. And I couldn't I couldn't think of a whole lot to be honest. Um. A, a Metroid game that you wouldn't give a decently high music score to would probably be like the original Metroid or Metroid Two. I don't know, just because the music is so dated. I, that's pretty much yeah, um, and, and that's that's pretty much what I was thinking of. Like 
the only thing that you can really knock about Metroid music, in my opinion, is the technology in which it was made on at the time. Yeah. Um, because I think that the the music for Metroid is like, if if not the best, then right up there with the best of any series ever. So yeah, this is a four for me. Um, really strong. Really, uh, a lot of them are. You know, you're right. They're not as good. The music isn't as good as Prime, but uh, I can still anytime I want to, I can start whistling Sanctuary Fortress or Torvis Bog Depths, and I think that that's. I think that's pretty cool. I think that that's an accomplishment in and of itself. If you have like immediately recognizable music to me. Yeah, I I hundred percent agree. Ooh, well there we go. Um, we are done. Our first definitive ranking. I'm gonna make up uh, a little a little uh, graphic so you guys can can see our scores here and uh, keep track of uh, with us along our journey here because eventually we're gonna do all of the Metroid games. And, and I'm really excited for that. I hope that all of you guys uh, dig this format. And of course we want you to let us know uh, what you think, what you agree with, what you disagree with. I know all of you disagree with me about gameplay, but I don't care. I am giving it a one and uh, I'm sticking by that. So yeah, there we go. First episode in the bag. What did you think, Duck? I, I feel like we're going to get a lot of episodes where we're given a lot of fours and fives, which is not a bad thing. But I can't wait for the other M episode. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I can't wait for that either, as a matter of fact. And that's coming not that not that soon. Maybe not a definitive ranking episode. But we're going to have some other M content for you uh, for our one-year anniversary. Which, if you can believe, is only a few short weeks away. We are running long, so let's get out of here, Dak. Um, thank you, everyone, for making last month so successful. Please... Head on over to Podbean, iTunes, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Go and like and subscribe. Tell a Metroid fan in your life where they can get their Metroid fix. Uh, check us out over on Twitter at Omega Metroid Pod. I am at Spateri316. Dak is at DakCity underscore. We are out of here. Let us know what you think about our definitive ranking. And we will see you guys next week. Take care.